0: This is Jewish Board Talk with Cherie Zephyr only on 101.9 High FM.
1: Eurovision is well over 60 years old now, but in a way it could almost have been designed with social media in mind. So says Rob Lilly in an article on the BBC website. This is a response to the fact that a record 9.9 million Brits watched the show, together with an estimated 12.4 million people around the world. My guest now, art specialist and publicist Bronwyn Carey, was one of them. Bronwyn, welcome and thanks so much for joining me.
0: Yeah, I was one of them. Thanks for having me. And I, you I loved, loved it. it. <laughs> loved it. I, I must admit I didn't um make it right to the end because it was <laughs> a long, long it evening. It was a long evening and obviously the time difference. Well, actually, I think the time difference, it's the same, right, in the UK. I'm not but I sure. yeah, I was quite exhausted. But I, oh, wow, each act was phenomenal. And, uh, Israel's Noah Kiral was incredible. Like, I was so blown away by her. Just, she just had the makings of the perfect pop song. She's got the perfect look. Uh, really, she, she really blew me away. And, I mean, she didn't win, but she came third in the fan voting count, which says a lot. It's really incredible. And, of course, the overall winner was Sweden. And uh, this lady also, her name was Loreen, she uh, sang a song called Tattoo. And she was remarkable as well. So I kind of feel like she really deserved it. Um, a very f- big favorite was Finland for Cha-Cha-Cha. A very interesting song. I, I saw the appeal, very house music vibes with a little bit of the cha cha in it. Um and I, I could see why people loved him, but I, I do agree with the judging panel that uh, Sweden should have well, beat should have beat him over Overall, she she really was phenomenal.
1: Which may which is why you are an art specialist and publicist because <laughs> the ones I saw I just kept thinking, Wow, I'm pleased I do not have to judge this because the talent and you know, it it's um uh, the sophistication in terms of technology and what is available out there, and it's as much the song as it is the whatever's taking version the visual, place the, the visual. Mm. yeah, one hundred the light, the the effects. It was
0: unbelievable, and it really is difficult because it's any genre. So I mean, to judge a pop song against a rock song against a house yeah. song, it's quite difficult. But I do, you know, when I look when I think back on Sweden, um, she was definitely in my top. I'd say top five, um, and even maybe my top three. When I think of her song and her performance, she really, I, I can understand why they chose her because she ticked every box. She was, she was so smooth and sharp and uh, it was beautiful. And it's actually the second time she's won. Um, so she understands it and, um, her song is, gr- is, is amazing. And Israel, Noah Karel, also phenomenal. I mean, this, I feel she could make it internationally. Yeah. She understands the pop genre. She is a brilliant dancer. She's beautiful. Uh, She's got a great voice. So, um, I really feel she could make it. I mean, just a nice little fun fact to Abba. That's where they started their career. Celine Dion as well. So I feel like this Noah could, uh, Really, make it. And I really be, do. Before we leave the
1: Eurovision, also just to say how incredibly well Israel has done, considering how small they are, how competitive it is, Ooh. and um, how yeah, mm. uh, wonderful. Hey, you know, it's I mean, when you think of Dan International winning the first Israel Eurovision. Yeah,
0: well, Israel's won four times, so uh, they're right up there.
1: Uh, Bronwyn, I can't believe Craig is indicating a time for adverts. So after that, we'll be looking from one kind of singer to another. Yes.
0: This is Jewish Board Talk with Cherise Zephyr, only on 101.9 High FM.
1: And I'm talking to Bronwyn Hershepitz, who is in the studio to get us ready and in the mood for the weekend. Yes. Load shedding or
0: not, uh, here we come. Bronwyn, a lot of firsts in the news <laughs> this week Tell um, me. well internationally, uh, so uh, Orthodox pop star Ishai Ribal will be the first Israeli to headline Madison Square Garden. Wow, really remarkable, but what I really love about him is he his music has crossed over audiences from religious and secular backgrounds, which is really great, and like I said, he's the first Israeli artist to headline a concert at New York City Madison Square Gardens and i think it's really um quite a, an incredible time i feel like you know we always talk about how music unites and eurovision that's the point of eurovision to unite uh, through music and i feel like he is especially you know if you look at israel there's a lot of divide between the religious and secular sector and he has he's one of the first artists to achieve crossover appeal he blends religiously themed lyrics with pop melodies And is a leading voice in Israel's faithful pop genre, Hmm. which is incredible. He's got a song called Sibat Hasibot. It was the most played song on the country's radio stations in 2021. And four of his five albums have reached gold certification. That means that each sold for more than 15,000 copies in the Mm -hmm. Israeli music market, which is very uncommon nowadays. He's also performed alongside musicians like Shlomo Artzi and Idan Rachel. So uh, he's just remarkable. I think it's remarkable. It's about time someone did a crossover to unite the different Jewish sects.
1: Especially when you think about Israel and the Mizrahi music and the yeah. Sephardi music. And you know, everybody seems to have their own brand and identity. So crossover especially now.
0: Yeah, and you bring the youth um, to the fore and and make it relevant. I I think he's very smart. Great. Very smart. And then, uh, now from music to books. Another first. Uh, Sammy Raw Prize, the Sammy Raw Prize for Jewish Literature has gone to a Hebrew language author and its translator. This is the first time this has ever happened. in a, this is a sign of the award organization's desire to expand the prize to non-English language works, which is great. So the book is called Jerusalem Beach. It's a, a book of short stories that draws on Israeli author Idor Geffen's background as a neurocognitive researcher. This won the prize. And um, so this alternates between honoring fiction and non-fiction works each year. So this um, specific prize. And the book's translator, Daniela Zamir, was also honored as the first translation winner in the prize's history, which is also remarkable. Um, I think that's amazing. It I, is fantastic. I think they're trying to, you know, bring more countries or more books in. I think the requirement is that it has to have been translated into English. Um, so it's also great to acknowledge the translators of these books because they also work very hard.
1: I would actually like to read his books because he's a neuros. Scientist. Neurocognitive researcher. Neurocognitive researcher. And he uses storytelling yeah. to understand human behavior, behavior. which mm. must make his books quite riveting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I think we should get a copy because <gasps> uh, this is, this is a, a best selling prize, definitely. <laughs> yeah. And so that, that's in the book world, obviously, and uh, exciting news in TV. On Netflix, if you've got Netflix, if you don't, well, maybe get it. It's not that expensive. So I, I love this now because, you know, we usually see Jewish TV as in the religious story. So there is a now a new Netflix thriller which delves into Haredi Diamond Dealers. It's called Rough Diamonds. It's an Israeli Belgian co-production it tells the tale of an Antwerp Hasidic family struggling to keep its business alive so it's very mafia type as well which I think is quite exciting people love crime they love thriller so this is now very relatable um, it's an eight-part crime thriller and it's like I said based around the Hasidic Jewish community in in Antwerp in Antwerp <laughs> and um, it, it's kind of like they say the Godfather meets Shtissel. I don't know if you've seen Shtissel. And what's uh, so in, uh, incredible, it's also um, related to uh, the makers of Falda and the police drama Line in the Sand. So they're very well established um, TV producers and directors. And I think this could be quite a nice insight into a different underbelly of the Hasidic community.
1: And I've heard people talking about it and raving. Yeah, They
0: love it. I can imagine. It's gripping, I think someone described it as. It sounds gripping. So that's interesting. And just very quickly, other, other nice little shows. There's Jewish matchmaking. Oh yeah. Which is on Netflix. Yes. Which I think is fun if you like reality shows. Um, it would be quite interesting. It obviously, once again, it brings the Jewish community to the fore. I think it'll, it'll give people uh, quite a nice insight. It's, it takes place in Israel. So, um, that's also a nice a way of looking at life in Israel and the dating community, and that we're all the same, really. We're all looking for love. Right. And then lastly, you know, our favorite, we talk about him all the time, Adam Sandler. He's got a movie coming out in August called You Are So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah. Oh, my goodness. Yes, <laughs> this is a must for us. This, <laughs> this is, is a, a must. must. And it, it stars his daughter, Sunny, and his wife, Jackie, which will be amazing. And then Adina uh, Menzel is also in it. Uh, I imagine it's putting on a lot of personal experience. You are not invited to my daughter's Bat Mitzvah. I feel this, I feel that <laughs> that's exactly what it is. So I'm excited for August the 25th.
1: Yeah, um, I've, you put a smile on my face. I know it's ready for the weekend. Bronwyn, I'm looking Wonderful. forward to catching up in two weeks time again. Me too.